This call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have as our guest today, Danielle Harris Branch, who is the author of an upcoming book titled From the Other Side of the Bed, Allow Faith and Transform Your Perspective Through Life's Hardest Blows. Danielle, are you there? Yes, sir. Very good. Very good. Um, the, um, that's, that's an interesting title. How did, you, how did you come up with that one? <laughs> well, I feel like uh, in every situation we have an option, and our option is to see it working for us or against us. And as far as crisis, I've had my share of crisis, and looking at it through faith, because faith sees beyond the situation as to the reason why I named it Let Faith transform your perspective because if you can see it through the eyes of hope then you'll keep pushing and you'll keep pressing well it sounds like a pretty good reason to me <laughs> <laughs> now as a speaker uh, what has the COVID done to your bookings actually COVID has increased bookings a lot um, because of I guess because of the times that we live in, everybody is in need of hope, and it seems like life is getting out of control and everything that was normal is abnormal now. So people are looking for something familiar to hold on to so that they can get through each and every moment. And with people losing people and jobs and um, COVID and all of these things happening, people just need hope. Okay. I guess what I was referring to would be a large audience, um, and I thought that those had, had gone the way of the dodo bird. Oh, well, as far as that's concerned, most of all of my engagements have been online. Ah, very good. Very yes. good. How did you yes. put that together? Uh, or, or you're talking about your coaching as well? Um, well, as far as coaching, I've been coaching individuals um, through grief and um, hardships and different things like that and actually helping people to find their sweet spot in life for that moment. And um, that's been going well. And as far as um, the book is opening doors, God is opening doors left and right for that because I guess it's a um, universal topic. Oh, it is. Sure. Um, grief is a big one. Yeah. And um, I had, had noted on your uh, your story ideas to turn your grief into growth. Yes. Five, five ways. Tell me about that one. That's a, that's a tough one. Yes. Grief is hard and it's uncontrollable. And oh, it's at the same time, it's a place where that you evolve. So as far as grief turning in your grief into growth, it was the death of my husband 
that I recently experienced. And um, in this situation, I felt like when the day after his funeral, I woke up, didn't know who I was, what I was supposed to do because I was used to being a caretaker. My role was taken because I was I've been a wife for 23 years, and I met him when I was nine. He was my only, the only man in my life. And so when I woke up, I was completely lost. I was had severe anxiety, panic attacks, and all different things, and I was just used to running into his arms for everything I needed. But now I'm standing in a world feeling alone and not really even knowing myself. So when you, I say turning your grief into growth, what happens is you discover that part about you that's pretty much been buried or you never thought was there. And you start to draw in, in on those things and the grief actually brings things to the surface that you didn't even know you could conquer or do. And I didn't I always talked about being an author, but I didn't become an author until after his death. And it's a whole lot of other things that happened in life that I always put on the back burner. But then these these same things that I put on the back burner were the things that actually healed me and helped me to get through my griefing process. So you have to decide to live, and then you have to decide to show up in life. And then you have to turn, let that triumph, let your faith be your tour guide to the next level. So grief is tough, but it's a growing process. It's a metamorphosis. Right, right. Uh, for a long time, I've I've described uh, grief and and anger as being cousins, um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, and it uh, it was uh, certainly that for a number of occasions, and that uh, anger and grief came together. Um, you had five ways um, on managing a loss. Was it? You know, I, I thought about something to, about that the other day about my wife, and I thought if if she goes down for any reason, you know, I'm going to be totally helpless. It is something to come face to face with, yeah. especially when that person has been in your life all of your life. Right. It's it's a uh, it's. I just finished talking with a lady actually yesterday about her husband and. The anxiety, I never fainted before, but I was having fainting spells. I had those panic attacks were real. I came to my last breath several times, and it's, I literally started getting sick. And I literally felt like all of my significance was in the grave because I didn't, every, every night you know you're going to wake up in the same amount of pain, and nothing reaches that pain. It doesn't matter how hard you cry or you well or you try to go out with friends and whatever you try to do to drown it out is still there and it's still the same intensity. So it's a rough journey, but I'm a witness that you can come through it just moment by moment. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. rough. (laughs) It's real and it's rough. Yeah. Well, let's go back to uh, uh, a better time. When when your husband was living and you were happy in your marriage, uh, yeah. Tell me about your divorce proof. Your how do you divorce proof your marriage? I know a lot of my listeners would like to know about that. 
<laughs> well, divorce proofing your marriage. Um, I have a outline of this stuff, but um, divorce proofing your marriage is when you come to realization that when my my best advice that was given to me when I got married was never discuss something you don't plan to act on. So one of the things was um, we never discussed divorce. Even when times got rough and things happened, we just never discussed divorce. And then we always kept each other as a priority. And then sometimes you have to open yourself for understanding. You know, sometimes it's two worlds colliding at the same time, and we – like to see life through our eyes and through our experiences, but opening up our understanding and giving the benefit of the doubt actually helps get through those moments and communicate about everything, every single thing, whether it's big or small. Let that person be your sounding board. And then never go to bed angry. You know, we we have so much control. We We give so much of our control that we have to outside circumstances. But we are in control of ourselves, and once we learn how to control ourselves, we can actually be there for someone else and help them to enhance their happiness and have others to enhance our happiness. But it's it's a journey, but it's just, and being friends, you know, just being friends. You know, before you can be anything else, you have to build that system of trust, understanding and knowing that person and making it your life your life mission. This is the person that I chose to be with and that I love and that we're going to conquer the world together. So all of our vows was tested, but we made it through, even as a young couple. Yes. So in well, our, our, <laughs> go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say our, our rule um, is – Similar to to what you had said, basically whatever we were discussing that that we were disagreeing on, we don't let that carry over. Yes. Uh, to the next day. Yes. That's that's, that's the our rule because uh, I still, sometimes still go to bed when I'm mad, but I know when I wake up it's over with. Yes. Yes. So we made a pact, you know. Even if we're still upset, you know, we calmed down and was just like, hey. We got to get this straight. And, you know, just the willingness to get, just the willingness to resolve, actually resolve the situation to an extent. You know, just the willingness, hey, I care about you more than I care about being and looking right. Mm-hmm. And it carries the weight, you know, of the whole argument. You know, I love you more than. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Ours, ours was put to the test, you know, and several times because. My husband, um, he ended up having a lot of medical issues, and that included, you know, 12 years of dialysis. He had a stroke, high blood pressure, a leaking heart, colostomy bag, countless abdominal surgeries, pancreatitis, peritonitis, collapsed lung, gout, twisted bowel, brain surgery, gout bowel. So paralysis, coma, I mean, you name it, we had it happen, and then – so those things ended up bringing us even closer together because we didn't of the uncertainty we knew we had each other. That's hard and and it's even still hard now. It's you know, yes. don't 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 
and my listeners should not be fooling themselves about, oh, I can handle all that. I can, nobody's going to do that to me. And that's going to, you know, that's just, you know, pie in the sky. Yeah. Um, you know, I um, wonder, have you had any, any counseling services with uh, uh, PTSD? No. Actually, you know, with him, he was a real man of faith. And it's crazy how powerful your faith is, you know, because your faith actually magnifies either the situation or the outcome. So he chose to direct all of his energies to his blissful outcome, but he never suffered from PTSD. He was actually a icon for people that were going were going through health crisis or all kinds of situations, they would all, I get story after story after story, if Delmar can go through this, then so can I. So he knew that he was living for a bigger cause, but no. And what happened was, because I had been through so much with him, then when I ended up with double cancer and Stephen Johnson syndrome, I, w- I had already had a front row seat to miracles. So it actually helped me to get through my hard times. What is the Steven Johnson syndrome? So Steven Johnson syndrome is, um, it's a life-threatening disorder of the skin and mucous membranes. And most of the time it's um, from taking specific medications. And for me, I was trying to, I was on the strongest medicines for sleep. And it wasn't working, so I chose to take um, some NyQuil one day. Well, anyway, I ended up in the hospital, and they diagnosed me as having chicken pox. And the medicines they gave me and the medicines they told me that I could take with it was a cocktail for death. So I ended up back in the hospital with um, renal failure and... Uh wow. Renal failure, my kidney, my liver was affected. Um my and the biggest thing was is that I lost the usage of my hands because of fluid and my feet. I couldn't breathe. I was drowning in fluid and the most memorable part is all of your skin sheds. Really? So all of my skin from my head to my feet was shedding like a snake. Really? But and then they said they thought I had lupus and leukemia, and it was so many other things going on at the same time, but all it was was Stephen Johnson syndrome. So that was a life-threatening. And when I woke up on the renal floor, I had to, my husband had passed in, and I said, this is a deal-breaker. I do not want to live on dialysis. And that's actually the first time after his death that I actually decided to live. And that's when my health took a turn for the better. And now I live with no medications and no health complications. That's great. That's really great. Let me ask you about the Global Girls Connect. Tell me about that. Tell my audience about that. So Global Girls Connect is a, it's a sisterhood of women that are entrepreneurs or those seeking their passions in life or those that just need 
encouragement to get from one step to the other step, for basically for them to discover the greatness that's already residing on the inside of them. And we are just a strong sisterhood that's there for each other. We share business techniques, but most importantly, we share inspiration. We we share stories. And before the pandemic, we used to meet once a month for cupcakes and conversation. So that conversation could be from anything from business to a personal issue to um, how you see yourself and personal growth. So, um, yeah, it's it's just a wonderful platform for lasting um, friendships and growth, and che- it's your cheering squad for life. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm seeing that you're the executive director of R-E-A-C-H, which is spells REACH, Community Services. And yes, sir. provide tools necessary for families to overcome poverty, setbacks, and social barriers in order to live productive and profitable lives. Now, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's quite an ordeal. Tell me about yes, it. Yes, it is. So REACH is... Um, it's a community organization. Um, at one point, we were getting things from retail stores, and um, we were able to help countless families that were transitioning from broken relationships or domestic violence, and they move out on their own. We were able to provide them with mattresses, washing machines, and all of their household items. We we have um, also some of our clients have been have found they've decided to be lawyers for people that couldn't afford um, legal representation. Um, we fed, we feed now. We feed <laughs> every year. We have this big food drive in which we feed hundreds of families. This year. Last year we fed over 300 families, and the year before that it was 200 and something. This year we're shooting for 500. Um, we've actually provided school supplies, and oh my gosh, and the list goes on and on. And then we have two daycare centers, and they provide services also for people of the community with low income. So it's an ongoing love triangle with the community, and we just try to be there for them, to support them in any way we can classes and all other kinds of things as well. Uh, What and where is your community? So our community is in the south side of Richmond and the Oak Road, Bellmead, Blackwell, Hillside area. And we're talking Richmond, Virginia. Yes, sir. Richmond, Virginia. All right. Very good. Very good. My son lives out there close by, I think. Awesome. Yep. He went to work for the Army. Okay. He's a scientist. Awesome. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Well, it was hard getting there. I can tell you, I can tell you that. <laughs> but he made it, and he's doing well. Um, the outcome is usually the part that makes it easier to forget the past. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The um, one of the items here too, regarding survival tools for the caregiver. Um, 
that will keep you afloat when you feel like you're drowning. Yes. As, um, as far as being a caregiver, me being a caregiver to my husband, um, sometimes basically you can lose yourself and you can have needs and not even realize sometimes what your needs are. And then there are times where you realize, hey, I need help. And as far as being a caregiver, you have to be the one to actually articulate that. Even though the person that you're caring for has needs, you can't forget that you have needs. And if you're not there, then you can't be a support for that person. So as far as being a caregiver, you have to be able to articulate your needs. You have to ask for help when you need it. You have to do what's necessary for your own personal strength. And then you have to still communicate everything that's going on with you as well because it's still a mutual thing. Even though you're the stronger vessel at that point, you still have needs. So as a caregiver, I don't have the exact one, two, three, four, five in front of me, but as a caregiver, the most important thing is that you are still a person and you still have needs. And that person may not be able to meet all of your needs, but it's important to still be considered so that you don't lose yourself and you yourself go into bad health or a bad frame of mind because uh, you're fragile at that time. So it's important to actually communicate what you need and be receptive to help. I agree. And um, I'm seeing here that you have knowledge of some essential tools for overcoming negative thinking when in painful situations. Yes. How, how do you do that? Oh, in painful situations. My biggest thing for me was is that I ultimately believe that God is in control. And for me to ultimately believe that God is in control I ultimately have to trust his motives. So everything that happens in our life is doing something greater in our life, even though we don't understand. Even through my husband's death, I would never be the person that I am today and know what I can endure had it not been for my hard times. And even in life, even down to the minute things, even down to being mistreated, even down to people being abused you, even down to being left out, even being overlooked, you know, all of those things are making you into a part of your destiny. And you won't know those things because it's the painful situations that actually provide the pressure to produce that greatness that's within you. And once you overcome it, you're, it's an overwhelming joy and happiness to say when an old trick doesn't work, and that's when you know that you're a new person and you've overcome something when you're faced with the test again and you don't give it the same response. But all of everything that happens in life, whether it's good, whether it's something that you did yourself or whether someone did it to you, they can all work together if you just trust that the motives of somebody greater outside of you can turn any negative situation into a positive. 
So for me, that's what helped me get through. Even though it was tough and even though even going through, losing my husband was one of the toughest things I ever did. But the toughest thing for me was to overcome me and those silent thoughts that always came to get me when it was time to be great or when it was time for me to show up for an assignment. And I never would have gotten to those places where I became kind of, I'm over, I'm over fearing this thing. I'm going to do it. And it, it took everything that happened in my life to get me to that point. So pain becomes like, it's, it's kind of like a nudge to keep you on course. Because if anything is too comfortable, then we start relying on ourselves and we stay where we are. We kind of get stuck because we like comfort. But the fear of the unknown is what makes us grow. Yes, yes, I understand that. The part that I like, it's that when people really apply what you've been talking about uh, during this uh, session, um, having a better version of yourself, that's a great outcome. And that's yes. on any, that's anywhere, anytime. That's yes. a better version of yourself. Yeah, uh, that's what we get to. I'd like to have you tell my audience, my listeners, where they would be able to contact you uh, for uh, for when your book is going to be published um, and whatever else you'd like to share. Okay, so if you would like to contact me at all, my you can reach me on the web at www.danielle. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-H, like honey, branch like a tree, B-R-A-N-C-H, dot com. And all of my information is there. If you would like to be a part of our Global Girl Group, you can you can also go there to be a part of it. Um, if you just need encouragement or you may need a fireside chat or anything, I'm here for you. And we are here for each other. No one knows everything, but we're here to help each other. And like I have said since um, this journey has started with me, what doesn't kill you builds you. And it's all about your perspective. So if you can keep that perspective right and let your faith keep reaching for the things that are beyond you, then one day you will arrive at what your faith, the object of your faith or the destiny of your faith, you will arrive there and you will be a whole different upgraded version of yourself. So DanielleHBranch.com, I'm here for you, and let's change the world one person at a time. Danielle, I really have enjoyed uh, talking with you, and I know that some of my and most of my uh, audience, my listeners, are, um, are are feeling it as well. And awesome. uh, thank you again for uh, for being our guest today. Thank and, you uh, so much for having me. Thank you, oh, yeah. listeners, sure. for just listening in. But it's been an honor and a privilege. And thank you. I'm forever grateful for you allowing me to share my story and hopefully someone's heart and it's encouraged to go one more step further. I'm also going to thank my listeners for tuning in to Searching for Integrity. So long 
and happy trails to all.